Welcome to the House of the Lord, church family. Happy Easter. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, he is risen. Let's do it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. If you're a guest here this morning, welcome. We welcome you. Um, If you've never been here before, just a word of caution. (laughs) is number one, I'm emotional. There it is. We celebrate the risen Jesus every single Sunday in this place. Every single Sunday, we celebrate the risen Jesus. Every single Sunday, we come to this place and we seek his presence. We seek to host the presence of the forever, almighty, living God. And this Sunday... Is just no different, but we welcome you and we're excited to do it together because together was always his plan. Together is why he died. Together is why he fought death and together is why he rose again to conquer death. So that's what we celebrate this morning. That's what we celebrate this morning. So we welcome you to Easter Sunday celebration service. Amen. Stand with me, church. I'm going to do a call to worship out of Mark 16 this morning. I'm going to read the portion of scripture of the three ladies going to the tomb. And guess what? (laughs) They didn't find what they thought they were looking for. It says this. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. For it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, church, he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen, church. See the place where they laid him. Then it says, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee There you will see him as he said to you. Church, Jesus is with us today. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is with us today. Let's just begin to worship him. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you. You are risen. You are risen indeed. You paid the price. The debt has been paid. You are the resurrected king. We worship you this morning. We give you honor. We give you glory. Have your way in our hearts today. Have your way in this place today. Jesus, we give you everything. All that we are, all that we have, we give to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Let's worship.
going to give you some instructions for uh, taking communion together this morning. Uh, the communion elements are up here on two tables. Uh, the center plate is gluten-free, uh, and the cups are stacked. So there's a little cracker in the bottom cup, and then the juice cup is on top. So you're just picking up one thing. And what we do is we empty into one aisle and come down together, and then you circle back around to your seats so that we're not running into one another. And now, and then we hold on to those elements, and uh, Pastor Jason comes up, and together we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. And now that you have all those instructions, I just need to ask you, do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? The only requirement to take communion is that you know this Jesus. If you haven't talked to him in a while, he's here. He's here. He's not complicated. We make it complicated. The, the religion makes it complicated. He died. He died. He suffered for us to reconcile us to the Father, not the good ones of us, because there's not, a, there's not anyone who's good enough. Not one. Not one. All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God, you know how far I've fallen short, but he rescued me, right? That's my testimony. He just rescued me mercifully, not because I earned it. And what he did for me, he does for you. He doesn't love me more. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? This morning, you're going to have an opportunity to feel the Holy Spirit moving on the inside of you. I just encourage you, just give him that space. Just give him space. He's safe. He's the safest. Jesus is the safest. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the safest. Give, give the Spirit that space just to speak to your heart this morning, to move on the inside as we celebrate the risen King. We're going to take communion together. And then our final song is another song that tells the story. You hear, as we're singing, you hear the story. And we just focus on that story and we shout and we celebrate. Because without the resurrection, we're lost. Without the resurrection, there is no connection to the Father. But he did. He rose from the grave. He appeared to over 500 people alive who had seen him die. And eternity was changed forever. So if you know this Jesus this morning, eat with us. Partake of his body and his blood this morning. I release you. You can begin to move down the aisle toward the table. And remember, you can just take your elements and hold on to them as you circle back to your seats. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. The Bible says, 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, for your transgressions. Every one of us. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. There is no peace outside of him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Church, by his stripes, only with him is there peace. There is no other way. Only with him. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. Saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. Because this time is a time not just to reflect Not just a time for this repentance, but it's a time to rejoice, church. It's time to rejoice, for he is risen. He has defeated the grave. He has defeated the grave. He is risen. And I just want us to just sing this song with all of our hearts, worshiping him. For forever he is risen. Forever he is ours. Amen. As we were worshiping, I'm just going to call out some names. I always get nervous because I don't want anyone to get upset if I've left someone out, but I can only just communicate what the Holy Spirit stirred up in me. Yesterday is the day that we have eight children, so we always have Easter fun day. So that's the day we kind of do all those fun things, those little, those kid things, and it's always on Saturday. And yesterday, my heart was just a little sad, and I miss my dad. He died like 16 years ago. He's really young. And I just missed him. And church, what I got to tell you this morning, and what the Lord ministered to me yesterday, and he's ministered to, it to, to my heart often, is he is alive. My dad died in Christ. And today, as I was worshiping, Rachel, I thought about your dad. He's alive. Jenny, I thought about your dad. He's alive. He's alive. And they're worshiping around the throne. I thought about our Chris Kidder. I thought about the celebration and the worship as they worship the risen king with the intensity I feel on Easter. Every day. Every day.
I thought about Bernie and Judy Snyder, who used to sit right here and just pour encouragement into this family of this this church family. I thought about Mark Volker and how he served the Lord. Always, he always looked a little angry <laughs> to me. But anytime I would talk to him, the smile would spread across his face. <laughs> and he made my heart happy because I can look a little grumpy sometimes. <laughs> I just, I saw them worshiping. And my heart was just filled with so much joy. And church, just let the Lord minister to your heart this morning the reality of eternal life in Christ. I said, we have eight kids, and I have had conversations with them about what eternal life means and that it's now. That it's now. That we do not die. We do not die. That when we leave these mortal bodies, it's a blink, and we are in the presence of Jesus. It's a blink. And a blink is so fast. And it is so important to me that my children do not fear death. Now, the um, urgency that is on the inside of me that I raise up my children not to fear death, that actually scares me a little. Like, Lord, what, what do you have for them? That courage in the face of certain death is so important. And it, it's none of my business. That's his. But I, I pour into them over and over that death has been defeated. Death has been defeated and over and over the Lord says, do not fear for I have overcome. I have overcome. I have come to give life and life abundantly. So church, we rejoice today in the risen King and all those who went on before and died in Christ, they are alive. And they're rejoicing alongside and with us. And I can feel, it's like I can feel their, the community of the saints this morning celebrating Jesus with us. Praise God. Guys, I just want to close this time of worship with a scripture. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded this morning? For I am persuaded neither death, (laughs) nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us, nothing able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you that nothing can separate us from you, our sin cannot separate us because of the price that you paid. You defeated the grave. Jesus, you are risen. (laughs) And, Lord, nothing can separate us from your love. And we believe. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. At this point in our service, we're just going to take a small break, smaller than maybe what we normally do. Um, A few things. uh, Over in Kid Corner, so, well, let me start back this way. Um, There is nursery, and there are wonderful people who are serving in the nursery today. That's for babies uh, zero to three. Um, And that's if you go out in the lobby and make a right, the nursery is all the way down and around the corner. Across the lobby, past the little coffee 
station and some snacks that are out there um, is our family room. Our family room is there. If you have some little ones who get a little wiggly and just need a little bit more space, you can hear the service as a parent in the family room and your kids can play. Um, it's also okay if they get a little wiggly in service. Um, so long as they're not disturbing the people around them. But the family room is there. If, if that makes you more comfortable, there it is for you. Uh, for kids, ECF kids, you all know, Kid Corner, what we have over there are some bags. And in the bags are just some things to keep their hands busy during the, the rest of the service. My kids sprawl out on the floor. And I'm totally cool with that because they hear the word of God. They hear the word of God, man. I go home and those kids, they say some things that blow our mind. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is living and act. The word is living and active. And the Holy Spirit is moving upon the hearts of our kids as they sit in service with us. I am persuaded Amen. and I have seen it. So if you're a guest here and you've got a kiddo, head over to Kid Corner during the break. And ECF kids, me and Pastor Jason were here during the week. Mm-hmm. And we set up some things. We have a gift over there. It's one of those LCD writing boards. My kids love them. Um, there's some over there. You can pick one to keep in your ECF bag. And we also have just a couple little fun things. I don't have any candy because you probably have enough of that. Um, and that's not going to help you sit still during service. Mom of eight, you see that pro tip. Uh, save the candy for after church. Uh, but kids, head over there. Anything else? Offering buckles will be at the end of service. We're going to have offering at the end of service. We often have it in the middle, but today we're going to have it um, at the end. So we're going to have a shorter break. Yep. Yeah? So we're going to... Two minutes. Yeah, so we're going to let the kids go to Kid Corner, get their stuff, and then we're going to come back together. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, church. Ooh, that was a short break today, wasn't it? I think we've been used to, like, you know, the eight to ten minute break. But we're trying to shorten it up a little bit today. One good thing is if you didn't finish the conversation that you're having with somebody after church, we do have coffee out in the lobby and some treats and snacks. Uh, We'll give the kids the sugar after the service. Uh, And then good luck. You guys get to with that afterwards. But we will have some time uh, of fellowship afterwards. And again, like I said, there's an offering bucket in the back. Uh, I'm just going to pray real quickly. uh, And then we will have an offering bucket up front here after service. Uh, we normally do that during the break. Uh, then if you are a first-time guest here, I don't know if we said this or not, but there's connection cards uh, in your seat pockets right in front of you. We just ask that you fill out that connection card, uh, if you're willing to. Uh, first-time guest, write down your email address, and we like to just send out a welcome email to you, uh, letting you know or that we're happy that you were here. And we'll give you some information and get it into your hands about our church. And of course, you can ask us any questions uh, that you might have from there, okay? All right, we good? Kid Corner's all good back there? Ready to go? Okay. Guys, I want to just give one quick testimony, and then we're going to pray and get started on the, the message this morning. How many of you had a chance to attend the Good Friday service up at Erie First together with us? Oh my goodness. So what a wonderful time. We have been partnering with other churches locally here, and it's kind of been growing every single year. We're doing more and more events together with other churches, and we did a, good, a combined Good Friday service again this year, and we had over 800 people show up to the Good Friday service, which was amazing. But even more amazing than that, I believe there was over 18 churches represented at that Good Friday service. And that's what I'm just so excited about, because we've been on our hearts 
is that like we all have, we have got church, we've got our congregations, but in, in reality, it's one city, one church. One city, one church. So no matter the church that you go to, we're all here for the same purpose, for the same reason. And why not combine forces? Why not go after things together to see all of Erie saved? To see Erie County transformed by Jesus Christ? That's what we all really want. That's what we want. I mean, yeah, we're here in our Sunday mornings and there's all these people. It's like very segregated Sunday morning, right? Everyone's in their own places. But I just am so excited about bringing the church together and the power of us, the unity of the body of Christ coming together. And that was seen on Good Friday. Uh, we've done other services collectively. We actually did a Sunday morning uh, collectively with other churches before as well. And so I just really believe that God is moving in that. And we're going to see more and more of that, uh, God's anointing and moving in that area. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are good, you are faithful. Jesus, we thank you for coming to this earth, fully God, fully man, living a sinless, perfect life. Going to the cross for every single person. Paying the price. Going to the grave and conquering death so that we can be with you for all of eternity. And so, Lord, I just pray you bless this message this morning, that we would truly have a better understanding of who you are in your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a couple weeks ago, uh, I started a new series, and I started it a few weeks before Easter because I wanted Easter Sunday to continue uh, on that series. And what it's called is really the attributes of God. The attributes of God or the characteristics of God. And the reason why I feel this is so important for us is because there are so many things that are going on in this world. So many things that happen in this world. And we look at them, we see them on the news, and every time we see a piece of news, it goes through a filter on how we perceive what is happening in life. How we perceive maybe even God in the situation. And so we see things happening overseas, we see things happening in Tennessee and in all these different places, and we begin to ask ourselves, what is going on? Where is God in all? Why did this happen? Why did, we, why did God allow this to happen? And we start asking these very difficult, very real questions. And the whole purpose of this series that we're doing is to truly, when you walk away from this series, and if you're a guest, you're going to get a little flavor of it this morning, but to, when you walk through this series, you are going to walk away with an absolute understanding of who God is. And that no matter the situation and the circumstance that happens that you see on your news feed, while you're looking at Instagram or Twitter, or you got Fox News or CNN, whatever your flavor is, whatever you're doing, you will be able to see immediately, that's not of God. God has nothing to do with that. That's of the enemy. That has nothing to do with God. And you begin to see things with a new filter, with a new light. And when things come and things happen in your life, you can be able to step back and reflect. And instead of being, as we all have been at one point in time, angry with God. Come on, church. I'm just being truthful up here this morning. You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you have been angry at God? Like, why did that happen? Why did you allow that to happen? What is going on with this? And our anger is there. But if we truly understand who God is, and what he is, and that he never changes. And we can see that through the life of Jesus, through the life of Christ, we can walk through every situation and every circumstance 
a little firmer. Amen? A little bit more firmer on the ground. Because how many know the winds and the waves, they come? Do they not? You will be with family probably this afternoon. And everyone laughs. The winds and the waves sometimes even come at family gatherings. <gasps> Shocking. I've never seen that happen before. Right? And you're like, you know, sometimes, you're, God, why am I even in this family? <laughs> right? What's going on here? But when we truly get a grasp and understanding of who God is, what he is, what he does, how he operates, his attributes and his characteristics, it begins to change how we view circumstances in our lives. So what is an attribute? What is this thing? This is a quality or a feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. It's something descriptive. It's, a, it's an attribute. It's, a character, it's an attribute of something. Something that we are on the inside. And these are what they, we want to talk about what God is. And I understand there are a lot of false gods out there. There's a lot of idols out there. There's a lot of bad theology out there. And I want to kind of break through all of that. So the past couple of weeks we looked at the attribute number one was this. And I won't go into these in detail. That God is infinite. He transcends time. He was here before. He will always be here. And to try to wrap your head around that, that's a very difficult thing to do. And we kind of walked off, walked through that the other week. But he is self-existing. He is without origin. God is and was and always has been. So you need to understand that first and foremost. He was always here. He was always here. Attribute two that we looked at was that God is immutable. Everyone say immutable. That's right, a little vocabulary lesson this morning as well. Immutable means that he never changes. Church, he never changes. The situation, the circumstance, why did that happen? What's going on? God never changes. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can wake up every morning and what did you say? Count on it. You can count on the fact that God doesn't change. And so these following attributes, and I'm going to give you one more this morning, this next attribute, you must look into the, into, through the lens of he is infinite, he's always been here, and that he doesn't change. He never changes. So attribute three, we're going to look at this this morning, is God is love. He is love. That's it. God is love. It's a very simple, a very short sentence, and there is so much wrapped up in those three little words. First of all, the first word is that God is, that he is something, and that he is a four-letter word called love that means more than I think we can even begin to understand. So what is love? What is this definition of love? I almost busted out singing the, what is love? What is that? No, I won't sing. The baby don't hurt me. Okay, no, no, no. This is, oh, please. Come on, Jason, hold it together. There's guests here today. <laughs> Behave. You don't want to hear me singing a secular song like that. You do not. Okay, what is love? What is it? Love is doing the best possible thing for the other person in the moment. 
I think we've got some bad definitions of love. We think it's always being nice or always doing something or, you know, when we love our kids, we just give them everything that they want. How many of you know that giving your kids anything that they want is not loving? Come on. And all the parents gave an amen to that, right? It's like they would stay up all night, they'd eat all the sugar, and there would be chaos in the house. But that's not love. Love is not giving everybody what they want all the time. But God is love, and God is doing, and will do, and continues to do the best possible thing for you, for me, in the moment. That's who God is. If that's the definition of love, and God is love, that means God is always doing the best possible thing in the moment. Whether we see it, whether we feel it, whether we think it, but I want you to know it. I want you to know that God is love and he's always looking to do the best possible thing for you in the moment. 1 John chapter 4 says this, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Church, God is love. Everything about him is love. And he never changes, so he's love all the time. He's love from the beginning. He's love when he created you. He is love when you move on from this earth to all of eternity. He is always consistently love. John 3, verse 16 and 17 says this. For God so loved. Come on, church. He so loved. So you think, I can't wrap my head around this Old Testament God, and it just seemed like he was just, oh, he seemed to be so mean. He he was never mean. God was always love. He was always the same. He always had a plan of redemption. He always had as in his heart that none should perish, that all come to the saving grace and knowledge of him. And he knew that the best possible thing to do 2,000-some years to go, it was the exact moment, it was the right time, it was the exact time for this. For God so loved the world that it was time now to give his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into this world to condemn it. He didn't send his world to condemn the world, but that through, that the world through him might be what? Saved. Might be saved. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on this cross so that you could be saved. Saved from what? Saved from ourselves. Saved from death. Saved from eternity in hell. Saved from a separation from him for all of eternity. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. We said it before. We we talked about those who are still living. They were here on this earth, but they, they passed into the next. They passed to heaven, and they're still living. Guys, eternal life is a reality for every single one of us. Whether you believe or don't believe that Jesus Christ came to save your sin, your reality is eternity as well. But the reality of your eternity, if you have not received him and accepted him and believe him, is the eternity separated from him. And the Bible gives, talks about what that eternal separation looks like. And let's just say, it's not pleasant. 
It's not pleasant. But we all have a choice to make. God never changes. He began this earth with free will. Did Adam and Eve make a choice? Did they choose something? He never changes. People always have a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have free will to make our choice whether to believe or whether not to believe. It's a choice we have to make. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son. John 15 says this, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Christ loved us so much. Jesus loved us so much that he took a bruising and a beating and he laid down his life because all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. Only he, Jesus is the only one to never sin. So he sent Jesus down. The best possible thing for us in this moment was the same thing that Jesus did 2,000 years ago. The best possible thing for each of us in this moment is to choose whether or not we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, he did what he said he will do, and that he's now risen at the right hand of God. It was all part of God's plan for redemption. It's all listed in this book from the very beginning to the very end written over 2,000 years by 40-plus authors in different cities, in different languages, yet the entire cohesiveness of this Bible can only be because of God. And there is prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that points to one man, one man that will fulfill all of those prophecies. The statistical probability of that happening is basically infinite. It's not possible. To have 40, 50, 60 plus prophecies all through these words, all through this scripture. God breathed inspired scripture that points to one man, one plan for redemption. And that this New Testament that we read that tells the story about Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection was written by first-hand witnesses that wrote it down, that has then been copied and translated. The words that you're reading, it's not a story that somebody made up. It's reality. It was seen by people. They wrote it down. Pastor listed earlier, over 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. This is legit. This is real. This happened. And we have to choose. Okay, do I believe that it happened or not? The Bible says that sin separates us from God, that all have fallen short, and that sin leads to death and we need a Savior. And so God, being loved, doing the best possible thing for us, did what? He sent us a Savior. He sent us a Savior. Luke 23, I want to look at this part of the story here. Jake, do you want to come back up, brother? Luke 23, I'm going to read... A little kind of a significant portion of scripture here for a minute. I'm gonna, I'll stop periodically, but it says this. We're going to start at Good Friday. The soldiers mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, go save yourself. And an inscription was written over him in the letters of Greek, Latin, Hebrew, saying, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blaspheming him. You remember, there's three crosses up on this hill. 
and Jesus being in the center, and one being on his right and one being on his left, two other criminals. One of the criminals said, if you are the Christ, go ahead and save yourself. Look at the first word of his sentence, if. When we say the word if, it means we don't truly believe. If, I I don't know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Maybe this is Jesus, the Son of God, maybe it's not. He's hanging on a cross next to Jesus, and he says this, if, if you are Christ, go ahead and save yourself. But the other one, verse 40, answered, rebuking him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed, justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, he's pointing to Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognized Jesus as being sinless and the Son of God. And look at Jesus' response here, verse 43. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, assuredly, Certainly, absolutely, yes, 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 I say to you, today, church, today, today you will be with me in paradise. These were Jesus' words. One did not believe, the other one believed. And the result of that belief was what? Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then Jesus dies. He pays for our sin. Words on the cross. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He says words on the cross like it is finished. And then he gives up his spirit. The price was paid. The job was finished. But now what? Now what? There's no hope in just death, but there's hope in life. There must be hope. There has to be a resurrection. There has to be a defeating of death. Luke 24 then says this, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, a certain other women, they came to the tomb bringing spices that they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. And he said, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Defeated death. Conquered it. Remember how he spoke to you 
when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. He is risen, church. And if love is doing the best possible thing for us in the moment, I believe he is calling and stirring people in this auditorium, in this church right now, in this sanctuary, stirring you, saying today is the day to make a decision. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you need to choose which one you are. Are you the one that says if and are not quite sure? Are you the one that says, this is the Son of God? This is the spotless Lamb. Jesus is the one who said and is who he says he was. And Jesus' response to you this morning is assuredly, I will see you in heaven. Assuredly, we have a choice to make. I want to close with this analogy. If you think about this for a minute, you know, if you got a parking ticket and someone, you know, you see that person giving you the parking ticket and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening right now. And the person who was given the parking ticket said, you know what? I see you're coming back to the car. It's fine. I got it. I got it covered. You'd be like, okay, all right. I got this. This is pretty slick. You might be happy for a few minutes and someone cuts you off and you're like, okay. You totally forgot about what just happened two minutes ago. But maybe someone came into your life and said, the Lord told me to pay off your mortgage. And now you're like, whoa, now this is my, you got my attention now. Really? You're going to pay off my mortgage? This is so fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. You're such a great person. Oh, I actually, I love you. Right? You're saying all these words. I love you, love you. And that's great. You're really excited that they paid off your mortgage. But it doesn't really change your life. You may feel like it does. The parking ticket didn't change your life. Paying off of the mortgage didn't change your life. But you need to know that every one of us, every one of us has sinned and fallen short. And truly the analogy that we all sit in this morning is that we are all on death row or have been on death row. And there's nothing we can do. There's no one to call. Your good works aren't doing anything for you right now. And there's this price that you're going to pay for your sins, for your mistakes, for your failures. But there is one thing, only one, that can change the outcome of that circumstance. And it's called a pardon. And it's what Jesus did on the cross. He came, he died, and he defeated death, and he rose from the grave to give you, to give me, the pardon 
that said that I was meant for death. I was meant for separation away from God for all of eternity. But Jesus came in. Jesus came in and he handed me that pardon. And he said, I love you. God is love. I am love. And I love you so much that this pardon is for you. This pardon is for you. And you get this piece of paper and you look at it and you just begin to weep. And you begin to cry because you know it was nothing that you did. No amount of work, no amount of effort. It was nothing that you did, but it's everything that Jesus did. And when you recognize that that was the man on the cross next to Jesus, he recognized that he couldn't save himself any longer. And he needed a savior. He needed Jesus. He needed the pardon. He needed the price to be paid. So bow your heads with me this morning. Praise you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the miraculous, miraculous pardon that you have given us. That's available to each of us. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Everyone's eyes are closed and your heads are bowed. I want to ask you this morning if you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been on the cross like that first guy that we've talked about and you never really believed and you're just, I just don't know, but today you are certain. Today you came in here. Today the Holy Spirit is working in your heart and saying, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Assuredly, I will see you in heaven with me, says Jesus, for those who will choose him. So if that's you this morning, if you're here this morning and you've been running from God, you've been feeling separated from him, and you're saying, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I need a Savior, and Jesus, you are it. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I see your hand. Yes, I see yours. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Anyone else? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We get to choose. The Bible gives us clear instructions on how to make that choice. It says that we confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For those that raised their hand this morning, I just want you to pray this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose again. And I repent of my sins today. And I invite you into my life. Lord, thank you for saving me. 
Amen. I want to ask one more question with everyone's heads still bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've already accepted him long before, but you're here this morning and you just haven't been walking with him. And I want to pray with you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with those who have been here who have said, you know what? I know Jesus. I've met him, but I just want more of him in my life this morning. I want to seek him more. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we just thank you for those who have raised their hand this morning, those who are choosing more of you. Father, lead them, guide them, strengthen them. Give them the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, Father, for who you are, for what you've done, that you are love and that you never change. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I have some uh, prayer teams that are going to be coming up here. Prayer leaders, if you want to come up now, uh, as we mentioned earlier, their offering bucket will be up here. But these people are coming up. They are ready and willing to pray for you. You have a situation in your life. You need a healing in your life. You Maybe you prayed that salvation prayer for the first time. Come up and tell them. Tell them. They will help you. They will guide you. They will lead you in the next steps of your walk with Jesus. Church, He is risen. He is risen. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. I want to read this final scripture as we close. Remember, guys, there was some coffee and some snacks out in the lobby, so I want you to just spend some time in fellowship a few minutes with us. But just receive this benediction this morning. says this, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ's to whom be the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen and amen. We love you guys. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Come up for prayer or just join us in the lobby for some fellowship time. Be blessed.